Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs podcast. This is um, this is Jerry, the star. Of Did the show. you forget what? I just was wondering if you forgot. You paused as you I said. This is paused for effect. That's something you should try. Pause. <laughs> Allow a breath. Yes. A moment of meditation in between the first three words and then the next three words. Yes, okay. That's how you do it. It's, it's how professionals you. do it. I studied uh, acting briefly. I was in a play once. Did you know which one? It was a. Uh, it was like. Well, first grade. of all, did you finish introducing us? Sorry, no, I, I better did. This is Jerry, the star of the show. With us is Gabby, and as always, our third wheel, Enrique. Say hello, Enrique. Uh, sorry, I was just pouring myself some Dr. Pepper. But uh, hi, everyone. Now, Thank for you. those of you that can't see Enrique, there's something very different. Enrique, have you clipped your toenails recently? Oh, Do you yeah. clip them with clippers? Or do you chew them off as you do your fingernails? Oh, you got to chew them off. It's an organic way of doing it. Clearly. important. Save the environment. That's right. That's right. Just do everything, you know, real homegrown. Like you homegrow the chicken nuggets and you homegrow your toenails and then you you bite them off yourself. Homegrown with your homegrown teeth. Homegrown better than ingrown when it comes to toenails. Or inbred. <laughs> Get it? Inbred? Uh, inbred toenails? What does that mean, Jerry? You know what's good inbred? Toenails? <laughs> no. No. No, that's Don't clearly wrong. Eat, like, okay, just to clarify, I might be chewing my toenails, but I'm not swallowing them. I spit them out. I spit them real far. Like sunflower seeds. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. The, exactly. the toenails are the <laughs> sunflower. Uh, toenails are the sunflower seed of the human body. They I are. Got it. That's what I've always said. I've been trying to get it to catch on. It's finally <laughs> happening. Yes. So I have this. I have this thing. I've been trying like try new phrases and see okay. if you can get people to to pick them up. It's you could call it maybe a hobby, actually. This sounds flapping. Sounds flap. That's okay. Don't. Is it your hobby too? Because I don't feel like I should have the same hobby as someone else. Jerry tries to get flapping going, much like uh, she tried to get fetch going and clueless. Right, right, but right, right. I, I'm I'm not with it. Right. I think it was Mean Girls for fetch. Fetch. My bad. Uh, that shows you my age. My age is showing. <laughs> hey, 40's the new 20, right? Yeah. That's what they say. That's what they That's say. What they That's say. what they say. I said it, That's and then they started saying it. See? Saying number two. That's one of those. Hashtag 40's the new 20. Yeah. According mean, to Enrique. Mean Girls was Lindsay Lohan. They tried to get her going, and it didn't happen. Mm, well, I think she got. I think she had it, but I think she may have messed it up. Where is she at now? Good question. Selling an NFT of herself. Oh, she, I just saw that. I just saw that. Like a rabbit or something? Is it a fox? A fox? A I fox, don't actually know. A foxy NFT of Lindsay Lohan? I want it. You tell me you don't want that. Uh, How much is it? 
probably a lot of money, probably more than I can afford. As much money as you can fill a barn with. That's a saying. <laughs> you have many sayings I was That's unaware of. <laughs> well, I, I created them all. <laughs> so non-fungible tokens, Enrique's into non-fungible tokens. Very interesting. Is there one that... Pro- he thinks they're reclaimable at Chuck E. Cheese. They aren't? I think that the fact that NFTs are becoming a thing is is scary because doesn't that mean that there will be certain visuals that are commonly, you know, used to be like public domain that now can be copyrighted and now we have to, like we could lose Cthulhu and there wouldn't be 18 Cthulhu games coming out if somebody NFTs that. Is that the idea? Is that I don't so understand. I'll, I, yeah, I don't really like it. Do we Cthulhu. need more Cthulhu? Look, I don't understand how it all works. So Enrique is into NFTs. So is that your new hobby? And if so, good on you. Even though I hear it's bad for the environment, reasons I don't understand. But I that's don't what understand I hear. either. But I have been told it's bad for the environment, but I don't understand. Well, look, it's a toss-up <laughs> between the NFTs, which I'm curious about. I'm dabbling. I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps hobby adjacent to and also sayings. Hobby adjacent is a like a hobby where you're almost into but not if they could capture capture animated gifs of some of your sayings like enough to fill up a barn and just animate that into a gif that's an nft right nfts are all animated aren't they i don't know i don't think they're static i think it's like this artistic drawing of something so enough to fill up a barn hashtag it put it out on a tv in your room animate it nft if you want this hundred thousand dollars I could get $100,000 for that? I think so. Yes. NFTs are my new hobby. No more working for your father. You don't have to cut the sleeves off your shirt. You can just simply buy sleeveless shirts. Buy a sleeveless shirt. Chicken nugs. Imagine all the nug nugs you could get. So many nugs with (laughs) $100,000. So many freezers. I could buy freezers and fill them with nugs. (laughs) Like like that barn you're supposedly filling. A barn full of nugs. Well, Enrique, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me on. But we got, we got to let you go. Yeah. My Dr. Pepper is empty now, so I got to go get good. It's get flat. Some. It's flat now. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> so, Enrique, thanks for coming on because we have a very special guest. Jerry, would you like to introduce? Yes. Paula Dimming is on this podcast with us i don't know why i'm i'm just the dramatic oh, pauses aren't working your can your your words are very canted i'm trying to be more dramatic in my pauses i didn't know how to do the paula dimming to be the i should have done that let's cut this <laughs> stop we do the oh, announcer this is the terrible. radio thing like, paula this dimming no that sounds like a not like snl and now paula dimming she comes walking out does a monologue let's just do that paula do a monologue hi my what's the topic of my monologue so i got this mug you know mugs right you all have mugs I, i'm, a, have I'm mugs. familiar and uh, this mug has potions on it and so this is what i think is cute to drink out of whenever i'm like on the internet playing games like i should drink out of my potion mug because i seem to be convinced that uh i need to represent like my nerdiness publicly it's like part of my brand but do you think he, anyone even notices that these are potions like i don't actually know how effective this is they like, look like the somewhat Filled bottles of colored liquids. It's not effective. 
potions. It, they're very. I thought they were pineapples when you first when you first picked up the well, mug. Well, see how they they go from they change in now. No one listening to this podcast can see this right now, but they change from colors like a rainbow gradient of potions. You know what gives away a potion? The cork in the top. Oh yeah, these do all have corks. They all have corks. Just sure saying. Do. Notice that on the next potion you brew up. Notice the cork. It's nice that Paula could come on to replace Enrique for us. Paula, welcome to your third podcast. Thank you. <laughs> you have death by monsters. You have things get broken. And now, unbeknownst to you, the third member of Board Game Snobs. Yeah, we, we've, we've done several interviews so far. It's between you, uh, the chief epidemiologist of Fresno County. Oh, yeah. And an art history professor. We had we had uh uh what's the the thin dark headed guy? What's his name? Uh the I British guy. That could that could be so many Oh Matthew so many people. Ma- Matthew Jude. Matthew Jude come on <laughs> about halfway through he started crying and talking about his loneliness. And you're close with Matthew Jude. You do a podcast with him, right? I do two podcasts with him and a bunch of board game streams, and we make videos for Watch It Played. Basically, almost everything professional I do involves Matthew Jude in some way, yes. So how does it feel? Me and you are in the same boat, because we are both the the talented side of a (laughs) two-party system. Do you? Does your back hurt from carrying Matthew Jude? I will say no, and here's why. Because it's great to have someone around who's always making you feel like like you're the big fish in the small pond. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a real true. boost for me uh, in that way. I, I've listened to Death by Monsters, yes. and I tend to get into this. Uh, it just hits me, and I'll, I'll get caught up on several episodes. And it's very apparent that Matthew does a lot of research for Death by yes, Monsters. Yes, I was like, that Matthew actually carries the show. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> he, he basically presents information to you, and you have to respond to it. So it's mm-hmm. like he's trying to tell this this story. Trying and, is the keyword, I think. And yes, and it's you and, and, uh, and Nick. I don't know what the other guy is. Is that yeah. Nick? Okay. Nick Murphy. So he's the other brother. He's the other brother from the Nick, the Murphy. The Murphy mother. I might get Mike. We might see if Mike wants to be the new Enrique. You should get, yeah, give Mike a whirl. I think I think you might enjoy having Mike on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as getting back to Matthew Jude, why do you think that he will die alone? Well, I don't think he will. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, no. good. I've. I've been trying. I, someone my- has to have optimism for that for that boy, and it's me. I have optimism for him. He's one of my favorite people, so surely he will not die alone. If you had to, uh, let's say, take a moment and pitch Matthew Jude, like like this is this is why everybody, all the ladies, should be all the single ladies, Beyonce. Should mm-hmm. be ready to did should be watching it play. You know what I mean? They should be hitting right. up. Oh, yeah. what what is his most endearing qualities besides his hats? Uh, his sense of humor. He's very witty. He's very kind and thoughtful. Uh, which is a thing everyone likes. Uh, he's very encouraging. And uh, he's very smart and incredibly hardworking. Who doesn't want that in a partner? He needs to alpha male it up. <laughs> no. Start wearing those <laughs> those affliction shirts. 
Um, <laughs> no, please, no. Matthew, you if it. you're listening, don't do any of these things. No. I'm going to send him, I'm gonna send him some... a Budweiser ball cap, and if he would wear that, a sleeveless shirt, start some skull, he could come back to Tennessee over here, or at least South Actually, Carolina. Actually, I think he would probably wear all those things. A five o'clock shadow. That's yeah. what he's missing. He's got it. He's got it. Well, nothing about Matthew Jude. I have a, I have a, I have a little bit of banter, Jerry. Oh, banter! Well, I'm oh, talking. Oh, good, because we haven't had any yet. Oh, so <laughs> this is the this is the all banter <laughs> podcast that might mention. We'll just we just random like at the very end of the show we just yell settlers of Catan, and that makes it a board, board game, game podcast. podcast. <laughs> okay, so um, according to bestlifeonline.com. Before rap battles, there was, I believe this term is flighting, flighting, a trading of insults that was popular from the 5th to the 16th centuries in England and Scotland. As Atlas Obscura describes it, participants employed the timeless tools of provocation and perversion, as well as satire, rhetoric, and early bathroom humor to publicly trounce opponents. Early bathroom humor. Early bathroom, like, is that, is early bathroom humor different than late bathroom no, humor? How different is it's a scatological based just, joke? Just it's because just time a fart has noise. Passed, there's no. <laughs> it's just a fart sound. Like, even society's elite would join in in these battle of wits. And so I clicked a link in Wikipedia, and here it gave me a few of these. One is what? from something called Locasena. In Old Norse, which basically it's the poem of a flight in between the gods and Loki. Okay. So I don't know who's quoted here, but here is an ancient rap battle. I will no longer keep it secret. It was with thy sister thou hadst such a son, hardly worse than thyself. Ooh, burn. So I wrote one of these myself. Wait a minute. Just saying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, who are I you rap-battling again? I, I, uh, to, to someone in the 15th century. Okay. So first of all, I need to know, can y'all hear this? Because I need y'all to be able to hear this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm fixing to do a rap, uh, ancient rap battle, okay? So uh, Yeah. Okay. Make sure. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it. Another one. Here we go. Mother is a serving wench, no shillings to her name. As I lay with her last night, I got syphilis in my brain. Your armor's weak, your lance is small, if thou know what I mean. Better put some mud on that burn before it turns to gangrene. That's the crowd, like, being like, what? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I got you. I see. I went. I went. Uh, shillings. That implies it's old. Mm-hmm. Uh, syphilis. It's syphilis. Syphilis is timeless, really. Yeah. Everyone's had syphilis from the early days to now. Uh, mud on that burn. Apparently, that was an old ancient remedy. And gangrene. Again, timeless reference. I put a lot of effort into this. I'm just very pleased with this. I'm, <laughs> fine with you. I'm a little bit shocked. I knew you had something up your sleeve when I saw you had like notes. You look like a newscaster there. Uh, yeah. This just in. Yeah, so I thought you. Yeah, okay. Thy mother has gangrene. 
Is also, that, oh, oh, you got more oh, banter. And, uh, also, holy th- cow! Th- th- just facts, just random facts. We like to give random facts on this. But this is an educational podcast, Bala. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm ready to learn. Learn something new every day, and I'm ready for this to be the thing. Lemurs get high on bugs. What? Lemurs All get high bugs? on bugs. That might sound like a weird rock album title. I don't, that's not, uh, this is Best Life Online, not me. Lemurs get high on bugs? No, that's not your best work on Best Life. <laughs> Says in the jungles of Madagascar, lemurs get a buzz by chomping down on a particular species of millipede that causes toxins to release, leading them to salivate and appear intoxicated. So this is my question. It says they appear intoxicated, but they don't know they're intoxicated. I oftentimes appear intoxicated, but I'm not necessarily intoxicated. Do, yeah. do they go out and do DUI checks on these lemurs? Make them walk a straight line, put their fingers on their noses. <laughs> I, I don't think so. That would be cute, though. Can you imagine a lemur touching its nose like that? That's cute. I didn't see that in the Madagascar cartoons anywhere. There was that dancing, though, and that could have been drug-fueled. Maybe they were, they, were, they were DreamWorks edited out where they were eating the millipedes, getting high. Then they started getting then crunk. Then they like to move it, move it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just needed that social lubrication. They're normally t- way too nervous. Social to lubrication. Like yeah. Are you into social lubrication, Paula? Descri- define like into. Like, I don't think I, I, don't think I have a problem. <laughs> Not phrasing, <laughs> phrasing. Are you uh, in the- <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> um, Do you uh, drink? Uh, I do drink, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I, like just, not, not the, not, I said that's good. I don't mean that's good, like if that's your choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we drink. Yeah, I like wine. I, uh, Jerry, he's like, we we tend to get nervous before some podcasts, so we do imbibe every now and then. And it's like, as someone such as yourself, you're an icon in the board gaming industry yeah. at this point. You're an icon, Paula. That's kind. Just I refuse accept to it. that's true, but that's a nice thing. That's an incredibly flattering thing to say. You, well, that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to accept it. But uh, yeah, so we're like, what are we going to say? What are we going to talk about? So this is something I had... Uh, let me let me consult my notes here. This is something else I was wondering about. Okay. So, uh, if I had only organized better, I got a Turkish man that went missing and then ended up joining his own search party for his own self. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this was, I said, a search party for a missing Turkish man ended after one of the volunteers realized they were in fact the missing person, according oh, to wait. reports. You're looking for me. Right they're, yeah, they're they're shouting for him. His name was, uh, let's see, what was his name here? Oh, I can't remember his name. M- Mutlu. This is in Turkey, so I don't know pr- uh, exact pronunciation. Pronunciation. Behan Mutlu. So they're like shouting for Mutlu. And he's like, wait, that's me. True story. That's. At least according to vice.com. Bonkers to me. But back to you, Paula. I like the idea, wait, I like the idea that this person joined a search party before they even knew who was being looked for. Like, that's compassion. That's a good member of society. He's willing to help. He's what It said a woman uh, went missing in 2012 in Iceland. And was found safe by her safe by herself after joining her miss, missing person search and rescue party. According to CBS, the woman broke off from her tour group and changed clothes. When she returned to her tour group, no one recognized her. 
Thus, they began searching for her. Unbeknownst, she was there all along. The woman, not recognizing her own description, joined in until authorities realized the woman was safe. That's not very good, like, self-awareness. You don't recognize your own description. (laughs) I was thinking about, uh, was it Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade where they thought he had went off the edge of the cliff? And then he climbs back up Mm -hmm. and he's he's looking over the edge of the cliff like... What happened? Who y'all looking for? And old Pops Sean Connery was so glad to see him. Jerry, I'm I'm bogarting the conversation here. Oh, Feel free fine. to bet it. I'm I, I'm lost without you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't know with I think everybody kind of knows Paula Deming, but I think it would be nice to kind of put her CV out there a little bit. Paula's actually a a a famous person, not just in board gaming, but also in in the the realm of of acting uh, i do some acting am i famous for it i don't know if i'd go that far uh i did get recognized once at an improv show but that was specifically because they happened to watch things get dicey um <laughs> so yeah but I, I, yeah i'm an actor i live in la uh i've done a little bit of television work i'm supposedly shooting a movie it keeps pushing it's one of those things where it's like they keep rescheduling it. So I'm not counting it as a real thing until we're doing it. Um, wow. That's a small part uh, in, an, in an independent film. So let me let me lower <laughs> expectations all along the way. Um, it's Robert with his iPhone, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I've done a ton of theater and then started making board games game sketch comedy and putting it on youtube and that's the first time anyone actually like cared what i was acting in actually so it's been validating on your uh website it says you were it was it the uh, ucb mm-hmm. was that what you went to okay yeah i did my improv training through uh ucb which is upright citizens brigade i uh, went through their core program there and did a couple of their advanced classes but uh yeah did you go through with anyone that we might know today? Uh, a girl who was on SNL last season and just got let go or left or is not on SNL this season, actually, yes. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything other than the deadline, uh, the article I read about it. Um, I listened to, I listened to, like I, I mentioned this in our email, I, I listen to comedy bang bang on a regular basis and it's like all improv and it's just it's my favorite form of comedy jerry's not a fan of improv i'm no it's not that i mean i'm a fan of good improv how do you uh, feel about and, short form versus long form jerry i i like short form improv i enjoyed there being skits i i'm i've recently started a podcast i did like i started i've started listening to a podcast let me rephrase that <laughs> that is a um like a star trek parody that mission oh, cool. to zix okay i think it's oh. called i think i've heard of that actually yeah it is i expected nothing from it and i think mm-hmm. that's since kept my my expectations so low it is amazing at how funny it is and I, I, that type of of you know is it similar to our show Yes, actually, very much. So. Oh, okay. Very much yeah. so. But at the same time, with with improv and acting, and this is kind of so you going through the Upright Citizens Brigade. What what motivated you to do that? Why did you want to become a, an actor, or was that something that you'd always just 
dreamed of doing or is that something you just fell into? Yeah, no, I always dreamed of doing acting. I was a highly imaginative child. Uh, I played a lot of pretend, like far past the age that it would have been considered like socially acceptable to be like playing pretend. Um, And I loved like being in plays. There's just something about like getting to experience stories that weren't mine that I have always been drawn to. Um, And it wasn't until I was actually in college that I was like, oh, I think I might need to pursue this professionally Uh, because I I went to school at Appalachian State University, um, which is not known for its theater program. And uh, I was going there for like advertising is what I thought I would get my degree in. I didn't get my degree in that. But um, and then I did uh, just for fun freshman year of college. I was like, I'll I'll audition for this set of plays that only audition uh, that only freshmen can audition for. And that'll probably be like the last time I do theater. I'm going to like I need a steady life. I can't do this actor thing. I need to know what my job's going to be, all this stuff. But then I did this play and I was like, oh, actually, I, I don't think I can just stop doing this. I love it so much. And then like my sophomore year of college, I like had to admit to myself that if I'm not acting or being creative in that kind of performance kind of way, I'm I'm not happy. I get I'm kind of a miserable person to be around. Um, and so I and I sort of had to like admit it to myself uh, and I still, I didn't get my degree in theater. I got it in uh, broadcasting, but I took all the theater classes I could. I did all the stuff. I graduated. I started auditioning for plays and doing a lot of theater in uh, Charlotte, uh, which is where I grew up and then decided I really wanted to try and pursue it professionally because if I didn't try, I would never know if it was a thing I could make money off of. You know, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to be performing. I want to be acting. And so then I decided I would move to Los Angeles, having never been here before, ever. (laughs) So I uh, packed up my car and drove across the country and rolled up into L.A. I knew someone out here, so I slept on their couch for a couple weeks and have just been out here pursuing that uh, as much as I can. It's everyone's journey is different. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I just... I it took me a long time to like accept that I wouldn't be happy without it in my life. But there's just something about pretending to be other people and like performing for an audience, like storytelling. Um that just like this sounds so cheesy, but like fuels me. So what's your yeah. what's your what's your dream role? I oh that's a tough question i would love to be in a western uh as like a i don't know as like a calamity jane type or something like that um or like uh i love shakespeare if i could just make a living like if i could support myself just doing shakespeare uh i would do that i don't think anyone can really support themselves just doing shakespeare um you do much like play stuff like on stage theater yeah, stuff I do a lot of theater i mean obviously not in the last like two years um, because we haven't been allowed to gather in that way. Um, but yeah, I've done a ton of theater, um, and then some television, uh, as well. But yeah, lots and lots of theater. And I love comedy, I obviously, um, or maybe not obviously, but I love comedy. <laughs> so 
anything that like dream role wise, like anything that you could see maybe like Amy Adams doing, mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to be doing basically. <laughs> I, I I like your style of comedy. It, it's kind of like it's very, you know, tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. kind of wink at the camera. And it, the, the one you did with the it wasn't your last video. I think it was the one before last where you had the like vest on. Oh, yeah. With all the gaming stuff. The gamer tech. And vest, then, like, yeah. you're bleeding out your eyes with, like, that little twist there. Like, that was good. That was good. Thanks. I like when it gets a bit weird. Right, right. That's not everyone's jam, but, yeah, that was the idea <laughs> that like, came oh. up. My, my partner who helps uh, who helps me with the videos actually came up with that sketch. And then at the end, he was like, what if, because it's like a, a ritual <laughs> sacrifice, like, to Cthulhu... What if just at the end you're like bleeding from the eyes? Is that too much? And I was like, no, I love it. Let's no, do it. It's good stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> so comedy writing. So this is something. And I don't know that Jerry may not know this. I know it. But I've like started writing because like I enjoy comedy and I've, I've been listening to all these podcasts. And they're like, you just got to write. You just got to write. You just got to write. So I've like started writing. I'm like, how? Because to me, it's impressive how these stand up comics come up with their stuff. Like, how in the world do they? And they're like, you just got to write. You just got to like nonstop write. Now, of course, we don't have, I don't have much time. I'm a truck driver in my normal life, and that's eight, 12 hours a day. Then I come home and generally sit in my chair, drink some alcohol, and watch TV. That's what I do. Then rinse, dry, repeat. Sadly, that's my life. I have a sad life. Every now and then, once a month, we get together and record a podcast and play games. Jerry let me down today, but that's okay. I understand, Jerry. You were busy. Yeah, people were dying. People literally were dying. I couldn't. I couldn't come over. People were dying. Uh, so to explain to Paul, did I explain to Paul? He's in, he's yes. uh, over hospice now. Okay, but uh. So I've just started writing and I'm like, I'm trying to look for my notebook. I think I moved it so that I actually couldn't get it to embarrass myself in front of you. But I was like, just write down. Don't let some that stop wh- you. <laughs> Where is it at? But, uh, and so I'm like, I got a few jokes down. Uh, I can't remember. So I read them to my wife, but that doesn't count because she just, she laughs at her brothers as well. And they have terrible senses of humor. Your brother-in-law but- is awful. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm just going to go out on the record there. He's but not, uh, yeah. So I'm very. So I hope my, he for me, to this podcast. It's okay. Oh, okay. So I was curious with your skits and you know, things get mm-hmm. dicey, uh, or even if you weren't going in to watch the play. But with uh, with things get dicey, do you do the writing? You said you're a partner. Do y'all collaborate and write it all down? And how does that work? Yeah, so I do most of the writing. I write uh, basically all of the sketches. Not always. Um, We've had a couple of, I've had a couple of friends who've written them uh, before me, before um, that we've made. And occasionally my partner will have an idea and write one out, which is nice because then I don't have to do that work. Um, (laughs) And that's the GamerTech one is just is an example of he had that idea. And so he wrote out, he wrote it. Um, but for the most part, I will write them. But then I also, you know, show them to my partner. I'll show them to friends. I'll show them like to Matthew and be like, hey, here's what I'm trying to get across. Here's the joke. Like, is this working? Is it not working? Like, is the joke coming across? Is there a better joke here? Like, what are your thoughts and really getting ideas from other people on um, 
on what's working or not working and then going back through and doing revisions is usually how it works. Sometimes I will write a sketch and then when we go to shoot it, we will fully and completely rewrite it, which is fun. There's an episode we did called The Teach. It's like different styles of teaching the game. And I had a script written and we sat down to shoot it. And my partner was like, uh, I think we should change all of this. And then we got angry at each other. But then we rewrote the <laughs> script. Um, and it was a lot better. So <laughs> so that happens sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Jerry, any questions? I have tons of questions. I was just waiting for your deep insight into whatever. No, I, I, I well, okay. So help me out. I'll help uh, you. Go, I'm, no, not you, Paula. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to digress, regress. So first of all, again, thank you for coming on the show. I was unsure <laughs> of the best way. <laughs> I went back to the beginning. I was unsure of the best way to reach out because we're a nobody podcast. You're quite well known. And so I'm like, and I asked some friends, I was like, uh, uh, do I just email or do I slide into the DMs? How do you, how, what is the best way to, okay. And you, I know you're busy. You're like super freaking busy. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how many offers? And then I was listening to you on me to Peloton. You're doing your Paragons of Change. Mm-hmm. I too was a Paragon of Change. Unfortunately, I've changed exactly back. I'm back where I started. So just ignore that whole episode. But you were talking about how, like, uh, and then even on your sporadically board, you're like, I'm trying to figure out when to, like, I need to say no to some stuff. Yeah. And I thought we might be one of those things you said no to. I just <laughs> so pushed I was, you off into the distance for a while. I went, well, I can't this so month. Like, how about next month? And then that month came I, up and I went, I am so sorry. <laughs> I cannot do this. I know we scheduled it, but we've got to reschedule. I think that happened. Perfectly then- fine. Perfectly fine, Miss <laughs> Dimming. When can you do it? We are at your disposal. <laughs> So, like, how do how how many offers do you get to do podcast? And like, have you said no to any so far? Uh, I get reached out to a fair amount to be in other people's things. I say yes to a lot of them. A lot of them, I also like. I will push off. I'm like, I can't. I I the way I've kind of compromised with myself a little is being feeling better about saying like. I would love to do this, but it's going to have to be on my schedule because of this, 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 and this. So if you're cool with waiting until I can do this three months from now, then great. Let's do it. Um, There's other things that I've said no to. So I get reached out to a lot about like publishers wanting, you know, videos made or things like that, that I sometimes events I've been asked to streams I've been asked to be on that aren't necessarily publishers, they could be other content creators, that I have gotten better at recognizing that I don't have time. The problem is I want to do all the things. I want to do them all. They seem really fun. But I also want to, like, see my partner sometimes or (laughs) play a game, like, have time to actually play a game. And if I say yes to everything, I don't have that time. So I'm trying to be better about – I'm still trying to be better about saying no, but I think I am. Because there have been events and things that I'd be like, I cannot do this, but thank you. Um, or again, just like politely, trying to politely ask someone to work, to wait. I can't, it's like, you know, when you pray, 
this is going to sound terrible. You know, when you pray and they say, you know, God doesn't, God gives you multiple answers. Yes, no, or not right now. And sometimes <laughs> I'm like, God. (laughs) Paula Deming declares herself God. Just saying. Yep. Quote me on that. That's a great, that's a great soundbite. You should put that on a mug. Sometimes I'm like God. I did. And that's, it's not a misquote. It's just incomplete. Do you do any background like, who are these board game snobs? I better check them out. Make sure they're not. Well, I was aware. It does help if I'm already aware with uh, whoever of whoever is reaching out. And I, you aren't just nobody podcast. I, I had heard of board game snobs even before Matthew was on the your podcast. Oh, really? Go on. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you exist within the... I was like, oh, yeah, I know board game snobs. So, you weren't like a complete mystery coming out of nowhere. Okay, um, good. We're out there, Jerry. That's good. Oh, I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, I, I find that the media, the board game, Paula, Paula knows this. Paula knows hmm. this. So, like, when you, and I can only imagine that this is way worse in your case because you do so much with Twitch and, and then having to be on all three of four or five, whatever, however many podcasts that Matthew Jude has. Yeah. That at some point in time you get tired of media content, like you're you're in it, so you don't listen to it. Yes, that's true. And that, that is true. That just makes you. It's like I I remember before we started this podcast, there were several podcasts that I listened to and enjoyed, and then the more we've done this, the less and less I listen to, mm-hmm. and it takes you away from the hobby. A little bit because you are now not not so much doing the podcast as a as a job, but you're so inundated with talking about something that sometimes you just want to be left alone. You don't want to hear yeah. about board games anymore. And I think that really does take away from the other media that's out there. You really have to force yourself to 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 listen to something else that's not yourself if you're a narcissist like my i mean i listen to my own podcast just because i like the sound of my voice uh but yeah that's that's a it's it's terrible do you find that in acting Mm -hmm. and especially I, i would assume in the theater that you have to get into the character like you, you have to have an understanding of what it is that you're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. How do you go about getting into character? For acting in general? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'll say I 100% uh, relate to what you're saying about when you're making content, it can be harder to then consume the other content that's out there. Um, even though you're like, I should, these are like my peers. I should know what they're all doing. I'm interacting with these people on the internet. I should really like know what they're up to. But sometimes it is like, I don't even have time to play board games because I'm making a video about board games, you know, like much less watching other people's video about board games. So I can relate to that. Now to your actual question that you actually asked me about and are actually interested in. Um, I, I'm such a nerd. So I do a lot of like homework to get into a character. Um, I do a lot of, I spend a lot of time thinking about like their history, how they like grew up, what their relationships are. I like, especially if it's um, a, a project that takes place in a different time period, I'll look up a ton of stuff about the time period. I like to like 
Google image search, like pictures and images, things that make me think of like where they live, how they feel, who are the people in their lives. And I'll like make little like mini scrapbooks of those things. And I like, I'll write out, I write out a ton of background information for my characters in the hope that, and, and every actor does this differently, but I like to do that. And, and then hopefully you've done that work so that when you're actually playing the character, you don't need to be actively thinking about it because you already thought about it. And hopefully it's kind of like in there, in your brain somewhere subconsciously. Um, and then sometimes I'll like make playlists of songs like, okay, this character is feeling this way in this moment. So before I do this scene, I have a playlist of songs that I think kind of relate to what this character is feeling to try and like get in the mood of that moment. Um, and then I think I do, I think very much about like what, I think the most important part of acting is what are you trying to do in the scene? What is your character trying to accomplish? How are they trying to change the other people in the scene or the situation around them? Because if you aren't trying to affect anyone, then what what's the point of the scene? Like it was written, you are trying to do something. You're trying to change someone. And you as the actor need to be actively acting, actively um working toward that because that's what makes your scene actually interesting to watch and it's what makes I think your performance a lot more genuine because you have a you have a true purpose for everything you're saying if you're trying to have an effect a specific effect on the other person in the scene with you so I spend a lot of time trying to think about like what am I trying to do to the other people in the scene and if you can focus on that then hopefully that makes your performance genuine now when it comes to things get dicey I'm mostly acting by myself and a lot of times I've written the script two days before and I'm also producing them and usually the last thing I do for things get dicey is like learn my own lines. So that kind of work doesn't tend to happen for my sketch comedy, but well, for my other works. stuff it does. Yeah, it works. Get, get mildly wine drunk and start the, right. start the camera. It works just, just like fine. roll it. So, so, so out of all your, your, acting that you've done is there mm -hmm. a particular role that you are you feel the most proud of like what was your your shining moment if you had to pick one yeah a couple things come to mind i'll say okay um i played the role of sylvia in the play sylvia uh the role originated on broadway i guess it's not a musical maybe it's off broadway uh Sarah Jessica Parker played it in the original version of the play, but I just did a, a local production of it here uh, just outside of L.A. And Sylvia, the character, is a dog played by a person. Um, and you kind of see like you hear her inner thoughts and things as she's like adopted by this couple and kind of the conflict that bringing home a dog introduces to uh, the relationship with this couple. And I think I'm really proud of that one I think my energy as a person is very dog-like so it was a very natural fit for me <laughs> um and two like it really was a role where you got to do a little bit of everything I got to be very silly in it because I'm playing a dog I also got to be very like dramatic and emotional because there's this scene where they're maybe gonna like give the dog away and there's this like the dog gives this like monologue about not wanting to be given away it's very emotional like but I got to do a little bit of everything uh, and I think I got like a good review for it and it was fun. And I think I'm pretty proud of that. It was probably like a role that one of the roles I've played that I was like the most 
naturally right for. When you act, like I've, I, I love movies and actors, and that's a gender, that's a stupid thing to say. I love movies. When you act, how do you do a scene and not? feel or act like you're acting like that's so in the head or is it what you're saying like you have to just get into this mindset of i'm this person like because because like uh, well you know people get together and we're like all right we're gonna print out this screenplay and you do this and you do that and we're gonna pretend like we're actors and it's terribly cheesy like we're like oh and the way you talk changes not for people that are just trying to like simulate a scene is, is that what have you taken any acting classes is that what they train you to do or is that how do you do that yeah i've taken a ton of acting classes um and so i think every actor is chasing that rush of being fully like lost in the moment of what's happening and not thinking about what's my next line oh people are watching me because this is a performance you like almost convince yourself that it's real for a minute and that can happen and it's like exhilarating actually when it does but I think it's about preparation and not every actor feels this way because I don't know there's stories of like who is it Marlon Brando who's like I refuse to even speak the words out loud before I'm on camera because they need to be natural I think that can I what's the rating of this podcast can I say <laughs> uh, we we keep it family but I can put some beeps in there if that's you need a to yes is what I'm that's oh, uh, yeah, yeah. like I personally think that's you need to have some preparation, I think. So to me, it's like knowing the reason that maybe just printing out a script and reading it for fun just off the cuff, that's never going to be as like realistic or genuine uh, because you're like seeing the words for the first time. You're saying them out loud for the first time. You haven't thought about like, what's the purpose of the scene? What's the purpose? Why is my character saying this line? Because you're just saying them. But if you spent the time to really think like, what do I want in this scene? What do I want out of this interaction? Once you figure that out, you can figure out why you're saying all your lines. And then you'll know naturally how to say them without thinking of how to say them. Because you're not saying them. You're not thinking, I should say it this way. You're thinking, these are the words I'm using to try and get something from someone. And then it is genuine because you are actually trying to do something with those words. Um, and I think that's and knowing the lines so well that you're not wondering what they are helps a lot, too, because then you can not think about them and then they can kind of come out organically. It's kind of a magical process, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> you're impressing yourself. <laughs> wow. I miss man. I haven't done again. The pandemic has been crazy and I have not done acting like that since the pandemic started and this conversation's making me miss it a lot <laughs> like, I, gotta, I gotta get cast in a play so i, w- I would just think like even with like a, a single line like uh where are the you know like someone asks you where are the peanuts and your line is the peanuts are over there like oh yeah that's the hardest like, oh one like line like auditions that. like one line roles i think are the hardest because you don't have anything else to support you in that there's no other lines to figure out what's going on you have to it's awful it's awful. One word lines or things like over there or like what? <laughs> like, how do you say that in a way? The that way you anything? said what was yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's oh, that's fascinating. But that that can be such a those one line roles can be such a dramatic. It can add so much to the movie. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I often will watch a, and I, th- I, I blame Amazon Prime for this, where they have all the information off to the sidebar mm-hmm. about what's going on that just bothers me the pieces. Do you watch with X-Ray, where it tells you what the actors have also been in? Right. And so, unfortunately, uh, watching Saving Private Ryan, there is a scene where they, about halfway through the film, they think they have found Private Ryan, and it's not. It's the, it's the wrong guy. And this poor guy gets called over, and Tom Hanks tells him, oh, yeah, your brothers are dead, and you're coming home with us. And the guy just starts bawling. Before they realized this is the wrong guy. So this poor actor got called over and was told, you know, basically, we just need you to stare at Tom Hanks. And then when he tells you this, we need you to start sobbing uncontrollably. I'm watching this film again, and I realized that's Nathan Fillion. It's a (gasps) young Nathan Fillion who gets called over. And his one moment of fame in this iconic movie was break down and start crying and he nails it and then he goes away like it's it that was mm-hmm. his little 10 seconds on the show but I, I think that that i think you make a point there about and i, I think me? that kind of i made a point y- yeah the answers it answers to what oh, gabby i think yes. was getting at because gabby oh, of okay. course when he thinks of acting he thinks as, as faking it and i think that that's no i think of vin diesel in fast and furious paula do you like the fast and furious movies i've only seen the first one and it's been since it was in the theaters so it's been a while i don't know Mm -hmm. how i feel about it okay i can tell you how she feels about it she (laughs) thinks it's trash as all people who enjoy acting thinks it's trash you need need Um, to do some research (laughs) vin will make you cry go ahead jerry Vin doesn't make it. Vin Diesel was hey, Vin, also. Vin Diesel was in Saving Private Ryan. And thank God he got shot right away. How dare you? Did he say this bullet can't kill me because I've got family? No, he was trying to save a family and got killed. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. He needed uh, some Nas. He, in acting, I think the regular person thinks that acting is just faking it. And obviously when somebody's trying to portray something, you get nervous and you feel... I won't say anything. You feel like you're childish, like you're you're stupid. You feel embarrassed because you're trying to present something. And that's why I like think pretend. That, yeah, it, it holds a lot of people back. But what you were saying about trying to affect the scene or affect a person, really, that's what I would assume. And, I, and I've never acted, but that's in my mind is what acting is about. It's trying to bring something out either from the person that you're acting with or the audience. Mm-hmm. You're trying to display some sort of passion or idea and and bring it across on the screen. I think that's I think that's lost on some modern movies because you it's it's a lot of flash and not a lot of acting. Mm-hmm. But then there are these films. Um, I, I'm thinking of like uh, I, I talked about it the the assassination of of Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's such a long film and not a lot happens in it, but. The acting in it is just spot on. Every every little scene, the way it's portrayed, there's something about it that's mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. And it's because all these actors are portraying, um, you, you can kind of feel how they're feeling. And, and when you see that on screen, and even so, if you, if you go to any type of Broadway plays, I love musicals, and, and seeing somebody really put on a show. What is your favorite musical? Oh, oh, I love uh, like the last five years and Les Mis and uh, Les Mis is my favorite. So good. I have 
a issues with with the Hugh Jackman one. I don't know if I like it or if I hate it. I, I can't I can't bring my I, I I really, really like it. And then when I think about it, I come to the conclusion that I don't like it because of the way that they that the singing in it is just not as great as it as it should be from a technical standpoint point. But I yeah. think it's just because I like Anne Hathaway. That might be I'm a, I'm a West Side yeah. story guy. You're what? I'm a West Side Story guy. The Ooh, Sharks and the Jets. Yeah. The Jets. Yeah. Spielberg's redoing it, Jerry. Did you know that? I heard. He's also... Uh, something else is getting redone, I was looking at. They need to redo Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Absolutely. Yeah, and make it uh, slightly less problematic. That'd be well, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been it a while fun, since I've seen though. it. Uh, it is oh. fun. I watched it. Uh, I've seen it multiple times. I watched it again not not that long ago. <laughs> really? Okay. It's I haven't seen it bad. since it's I was really probably about 14. I just remember <laughs> them all dancing inside the house or whatever they were building their house. And they're all just yeah, dancing like, the like on raising. the... That's a great... Yeah. It's just about like these brothers who like kidnap all these women are like, you're going to oh. marry us. And the women are like, no, we aren't. Oh, okay. But then the men, uh, the men actually like fall in love and like change. It's not that bad. It's like slightly of its time, but it's actually, it's actually not that bad. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It's great. It's mild sex trafficking. It's okay. It's a mild, yeah. My favorite, uh, one of my, uh, my own, well, my only Broadway experience in 2005, we went to New York City and we watched Rosie O'Donnell and I forget his name, David, David, Independence Day guy. What's his name? David. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. The dude. Uh, he like this. Uh, anyway, it's Rosie O'Donnell and this other guy. Harvey Firestein. Ah, uh, copy. Got it. Mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell, Harvey Firestein are in Fiddler on the Roof. Really? And and they were the two main leads. They were the you know the really? couple. Really, I love Fiddler and, on the Roof. <laughs> and I, I I wasn't necessarily a fan of either of them at the time, but I was like, oh my god, that was an amazing play. Absolutely amazing. I love Fiddler on the Roof. It's got a good movie adaptation, too. Yes, I grew up with my parents put that large laser disc into the mm-hmm. player, and we would watch Fiddler on the Roof. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is probably also one of my all-time favorites. That's a good one. What do you think about the new Mary Poppins? Did you watch it? I tried. I just, it didn't do it for me. I thought it, like, maintained the spirit of the original really well, but none of the songs were memorable. Like, I exactly. came out of watching that movie, and I couldn't tell you how any of the songs in it went. And that's no. kind of a problem. I mean, uh, it was Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. I like uh, absolutely fantastic. But, I mean, you got super califragilistic, spoonful of sugar, chim chimney, chim chimney. Yeah. Like, nothing like that was in the new movie. Okay. And uh, uh, today, I never hear anybody, oh, I loved Mary yeah. Poppins 2 version of this song. I was like, no, it doesn't exist. I did not like the new Cinderella. I didn't. I didn't find the song. The one with Camilla, Camilla Cabello. I wanted to. It was. It was. I wanted to. Paige Chardet said it was terrible. Really? I watched it yet? The one that's just come out on like Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I haven't watched it, it yet. I liked the one with Rose from Downton Abbey. 
Yeah, that one was cute. That one was good. But this new one, uh, my goddaughter, Charday, she she's like, I've started it and I couldn't finish it. Mm. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, Paula, you keep mentioning your partner and you are married, correct? Yes, yes. It's my husband. Okay, your husband. And his name is? His name is Lawson. I know Lawson. I don't know him personally. I just How do you know Lawson? Uh, just... Well, because I, I, I do research. <laughs> what Lawson's research did you do? a cinematographer, isn't he? Yes, that's Congra- why Things Get Dicey looks good. Because okay. Lawson oh, shoots okay. it. You, you tell him congratulations for Ted Lasso. I have not watched one episode, but but very nice. I will. Very now, nice. he didn't shoot Ted Lasso, but he does visual effects. He has a visual right. effects company, and um, the visual effects company uh, has done the VFX for Ted Lasso. They're very... Proud oh, wow. of that. I, I listened nice. to him describe how he shot, uh, yeah. did the visual effects for some stadium scene. I was like, oh, oh okay. yeah. And, and and cinematography is, uh, uh, yeah. There, there's just there's something about <laughs> cinematography I, I, is, yeah, yeah. Thank well, you, it's Jerry. like all my favorite yeah. films have the same cinematographer in it. Who is like, it? Who does it? It's it's uh, Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. I was going to guess that. So yes, I wish I had said it before you did. Yes, yes. Roger we met Deakins. him. Oh man, he came he, into the visual effects office once because they were working on something that he was shooting, or I don't know, and met him briefly. And by met him, I meant like I walked by an open doorway and he was there. He and Lawson, <laughs> I think, spoke briefly. And then Lawson was like, "That was Roger Deakins." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> it's it's interesting to have somebody who is. So up on his game, like that is undeniably the the best of the best. And every show that I like, he he's been the cinematographer for it. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating watching how that's done. Like how you, you get lost in 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 seeing how they film things, especially like nineteen seventeen, something like that. That's a mm-hmm. big gimmick where it's all looks like one shot. Yeah. But just just as a whole, how that's done, and that is a talent. That uh, I just, I've always been confused. So, like, does the director tell them what to shoot, or does the cinematographer recommend? Like, what's the difference between the director and the cinematographer? He just hits clap. The director does that clapping thing. It says go. He doesn't tell them how to shoot the scene. No. So usually, the it kind of can depend on the project itself. But usually, like the director of photography, the cinematographer, and the director work together to be like the director one is in charge of telling the actors what to do, but also like the overall vision. So they might be like, um, I want this scene to feel really like dark and oppressive because of this, this thing. And so then the cinematographer would be like, okay, well we can shoot it like this and maybe we'll get these kinds of shots. And they work together to set kind of that visual look. And sometimes some directors are more hands-on with like the kinds of shots that they want the cinematographer to get in some aren't it kind of depends but yeah and then the cinematographer a lot of times isn't the one working the camera either they're the one telling the camera operators like what to do and they're telling the people in charge of the lighting like how to light it and um they're in charge of all that that's when christian bell went off remember that and he's like oh good for you remember that i remember that I'll defend him. Is that bad? I haven't heard the tape. I don't really know everything. But, like, if he was trying to do an emotional <laughs> scene and there are people in his eyeline, like, 
goofing around, that's really hard. Like you're ruining, you're not respecting what I'm doing here. And it's my face on this project. If this scene goes poorly, no one's going to care that that gaffer was a part of it because no one knows who you are. No one even knows what a gaffer is. That's the guy that holds the, 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 the lights and that the grip guy, the grip and the gaffer. Yeah, they have to do with lighting. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think it was like a lighting guy kept, like, walking around in the background and it was distracting him. And then he, like, went on an F-bomb tirade. He shouldn't have lost his temper that way. But I do think, like, he's trying to do a job and it's hard. People should respect it. (laughs) Have you watched the YouTube uh, videos of Kevin James being the the sound guy, the gaffer? (laughs) No. Oh, it's hilarious. It's basically. <laughs> oh, so you think Kevin James is funny, Jerry? No, I don't you like chew Kevin me James out for at King, all. Liking Kevin, Kings of Queens. Kevin James King of is Queens. one of the least funny people I know, but in this short. He, he has the ability. No, he's funny. not. He's not funny. He's just. He's it's just, just him admitted. being in an awkward situation where he's uh, like the boom uh, mic uh, handler trying to hold the mic. Kevin. Hold the mic for Daniel Day-Lewis, and he, he green screens himself into the shows. Yeah, it's hilarious. So we're an hour in. Are we going to talk about board games for a second? Probably should, right? Well, wait. I, I, okay, sure, fine. Aww, what do you want to talk about more? else? Is there something no, else you want to bring me, Let me check my sheet. Okay. I do have com. some. I have some. <laughs> let me see. Um, I have many questions. Okay. This is a question I have for you. Do you go by Miss Dimming or Mrs. Dimming or Paula? I go by if. I go by Ms. Deming, so like the M-S, uh, as okay. opposed to Mrs. Uh, is that an old-timey thing? Well, so Miss is for when you are unmarried. Mrs. is for when you're married. And a Ms. M-S is kind of the one in the middle. You could go by whether you're married or not married. And I just felt like when I got married, I just I changed my name. I did take my, my husband's last name, which he did not care about, which of course then I twisted into what you don't want me to have your last name. You <laughs> listen to the words I am saying. <laughs> not the words you think you're hearing. And I went, I do not like that tone. No. Um, Can I ask, you don't have to say, but uh, what is your maiden name? Oh, uh, My maiden name is Schmidt. Schmidt? Uh, so I, uh, Paula Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, so not, like, it's not bad, but I always huh. knew I would probably change it. <laughs> okay. So... Um, so I did mean to, did I ask you how you met your husband? Not yet. Okay. Uh, but I'll tell you the reason I, I decided to go with Ms. Uh, and I will correct people if they put it wrong on forms, which I, I will do sometimes. Um, it's just, is because like men, what comes before their name, Mr., doesn't change whether they're married or single. And I just think it's antiquated for anyone to know my marital status based on what comes before my name. And I don't what i that that's not necessary it has nothing to do with my value as a person whether i'm married or not so that's why i i don't go by missus <laughs> okay got you so that's how i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> duly noted proceed ms <laughs> dimming how did you meet lawson yeah so i was in a play uh written and directed by his best friend from college um, and he, uh, it, that, that man, Kevin was like, oh, I'm going to have one of my friends come by and do some rehearsal photography. He's going to like take some pictures and stuff, uh, for the show. So, uh, that's how I met him. Uh, he was in the audience. Well, it was a very silly campy comedy musical. Um, 
So he saw me being absolutely ridiculous and took photos of it. Um, and then uh, our director, Kevin, introduced us after. He was just like, Lawson, this is Paula. Paula, this is Lawson. But he introduced us right after like our opening night performance where I had a lot of post-show adrenaline. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure... Lost. It would be interesting to hear Lawson tell this story. I was like, hi, ah, and like ran off and did something else. He was like, that's a weird person. <laughs> um, so that's how we met. But uh, then we just kind of started like talking. He friended me on Facebook and we just started talking and hit it off. And it took him like two whole months to finally ask me on a date. Was it a cup of coffee or a real date? It was a real date. No, oh. he's good. So it took him a long time. Um, coffee is a real date. We did no. get coffee. Coffee's coffee. More. No, coffee's um, a real date. Coffee's coffee. Coffee's not a real date. A real mm-hmm. date is out to dinner, roses, wine. No. You can plot murders over coffee. So we, is that what you do on a date? <laughs> uh, well, it's, hey, it's, it's least interesting. Like, it, have you never done that? Have you never been by Plotted a Plotted murders? Think, no. Oh, yeah. Have you never been by like a bank or something and thought to yourself, how would I rob it? No, that's not normal. No, that's not normal. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's not normal. No, it's not. I, I, are you sure? I'm sure. But you don't think about that. Like, how would I get out of these handcuffs? Oh, I think about how would I get out of handcuffs? What would I do if someone attacked me? Uh, I think about that. But okay. I'm a woman, so I feel like. But, but you know, but I mean, but you don't <laughs> plot ahead and think, if I was going to do this highly illegal thing, how would I pull it off? No, no, nobody does so that, this Jerry. Is, this is just me. We're going to have to delete all of this because I feel like I'm going to be hearing this in court at some <laughs> yeah, point in time. admitted something here. If someone uh, comes up missing, now you're suspicious. I mean, I might like, okay, now if you go on a date, am I checking the exits to see where they're at? And that, and in case somebody comes in, guns ablaze, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> superhero style, I got to like protect who I'm with and we jump out the exit? Well, yes, obviously I'm doing that. No, you wouldn't do that because if it's coffee's just coffee, you're not actually dating them. So you just run for the door and leave them, right? But you just, no, you just said, see, this is how contradictory you are. You just said <laughs> coffee's a real date. It is. I think it's a real date. I would protect a date, my coffee if date. You're, if you, okay, I guess a date is not dating. It's just a date. Dating is what? Two? Three dates? What's dating? Two dates? Oh. Three. I think three with the expectation that there will be more. Now right. you're dating. Expectation of more. I think that's yeah. the key. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so if I, if so, if you are just on a date, you do not have to protect that for a person from bodily harm. If you're like, you just leave like, them in the dust, like Costanza style fire. Costanza runs out of the building. Yeah. yeah. Like diehard level Hans Gruber busts in and takes over the restaurant. You're not going to be walking barefooted through broken glass trying to take out Norwegian terrorists. Walking on, walking no, on, but three dates in, I'm all about it. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, if okay. there's the expectation of more beyond the third date, and then yes, I'm all about there, it. There you go. So that's mm-hmm. I'm glad we got that settled, that I am apparently a sociopath. So, so Lawson invited you to a date. Yes, we got coffee first, and then we went to an art museum. We went to the Getty. It was lovely. And then we went and we got dinner uh, near Santa Monica. And then we went down to the Santa Monica Pier and rode the Ferris wheel. And then uh, and then he drove me home. That's that's very nice. It was a pretty good first date. The best first date I've ever had. That's like <laughs> that's like you, you're mentioning this brings up another thing I had written down. The L.A. 
California lifestyle for people like me and Jerry that live in the armpit of America. We just Texas, assume you're Oklahoma. all actors. Like you've all been in movies over there. If and, you're in LA, there, we expect to see you in a movie. There's palm trees, the ocean, just that lifestyle. And you look at Instagram of people and they're like, just every post is like them. They're just laughing and smiling and drinking and palm tree. Is that really the lifestyle there? Nah. Uh, I mean, I live in the valley, so I can't tell you the last time I saw the ocean. And I hear that a lot. The valley. What is that? So it's a part of town that you have to go up over like a hill. If you're going up the 405, you go up a hill and then back down into the valley and you're in the valley. I know that. The Californians, yes. So... Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, it's just a a part of town. It's hotter there because it's in an actual, like, it's in the San Fernando Valley. So it is over like... Uh, some so you're guess, like so. you got to cross over the mountains to see the beach. Yeah, to get okay. over to the to the west side where the beach is. Um, is it cheaper to live in the valley? Yes, and less so now than when I first moved out here. But yes, it's cheaper. Parking is way easier, which is important. Um, yeah, it's a little more like suburban feeling. Not really, but. Closer than um, other parts of town, which was big for me when I first moved out here. L.A. is very like it's urban sprawl. So it's just like weird. Yucky looking shopping centers mixed in with like weird looking neighborhoods. It's a very strange place, the structure of it. And it's so different where I grew up. You have like neighborhoods in this area and there's yards and trees and stuff and then you drive down the road a little ways and there's an actual shopping center it's not like this weird intermingling of stuff so I had to get used to that when I when I moved out here um but I also think there's this idea that LA and California is very like Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills and the beach and the kind of way it's portrayed a lot on TV but Los Angeles is really that it's, yeah, and on the gram, um, there's lots of different neighborhoods, and every neighborhood has its own, like, vibe. Like, if you're a hipster, you go live in Los Feliz or Silver Lake. If you like the beach, you go, if you want more of, like, a party beach, you probably go to, like, Redondo Beach or maybe Venice Beach. But if you want, like, more of, like, a family-ish or a higher-class beach, you're going to go to Santa Monica. Or if you want... um you know, to feel like you live, you know, in the middle of a big city, maybe you live downtown, like there are different areas. And if you can just find the neighborhood that feels right for you, I think anyone can fit in here. Where's the redneck trailer park? Where's the redneck trailer park? Where can I shoot my valley or panorama city? So not that far from me in the valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a place for everyone here. But it's also really expensive. So, like, if you don't have to live here, why would you? Is kind of what I think. <laughs> you talking uh, about just in the in the valley, even? Oh yeah, everywhere. I mean, house housing is it's stupid. Even like cheaper here, cheaper in the valley is still like four times what I'd be paying if I was still in North Carolina or Texas. That's like, why Californians yeah. are all moving to Texas. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, a million dollar home in California is like a. It's like a castle anywhere else. Yes. Come to come to Texas, you can have what you want. That's a double wide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I had, Jerry. You wanted to go into board games. 
Yeah. Did you have her do her Bubba Top 5? You did I did not. I did not. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, but it's, it's very simple. What well, is no, it? it's Let's not. Do it now. Well, do it. Uh, no, it requires what was the What was the... That's not, Jerry. What was the last game you've played? The last game I played was Echoes the Cocktail. Oh, yeah. I saw that. And have you played On the Rocks? No. By 25th Century? No, That's also but it a- got... I saw it at Gen Con. Um, I didn't play it. Uh, it got sort of like uh, the like walkthrough demo show off the game uh, happened uh, to Lawson while I was talking to someone else at the booth. It's very nice looking. Mm-hmm. It's got all those like marbles in it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, Echoes, I saw that you, y'all had just posted a video about that, I believe. Yeah, right? we... Um, we streamed it on the Watch It Play Twitch yesterday. Okay, that would be the Bubba Top 5 is the last game you played, mm-hmm. which would be that. The number four, which would be one that she might require uh, some preparation for, is you give us a board game either by box art or by synonym. And this has been the tremendous failure of this particular one because people start describing a board game by box art and we just never guess it. Oh, I'm okay. So I'm going to pick a game. I'm going to describe the box art to you, and then you are going to see if we're going to see if we can guess it, or if you want to make synonyms of the name of the game, we can try that one as well. Okay, let me just. I mean, what's what's exactly the game that I want? Okay, it's like a dark reddish color, the whole box, and the middle is like a circle. And in the circle are three keys stacked on top of each other. Castles of Burgundy. Yup. Oh, yeah. The new one. The new edition, yes. The new one. Yeah, which is another game I played recently for the very first time. And your thoughts on that? I liked it a lot, which I was not expecting. I I really enjoyed the original version of it, but the card game, Gobby bought the card game back in the day. There's a card game and a dice game of it. And the card game, to me, has a very similar feel. They did a very nice job capturing Mm. the difference in terms of it being quicker and more accessible. But I have not played the newest version. But I like the beige. (laughs) The card game has a solo. And to me, we played the card game first, actually. No, we didn't. And then we... No, we didn't. No, we didn't. And then we, yeah, we didn't. And then we played the, and then we played the board game, and we were like, you know what? The card game does the same thing, but we like it better. The card game, but they have a very similar feel. Number three, your favorite movie. Oh no, I can't pick my favorite movie. This is usually the toughest one because everybody wants to do genres, and I'm like, I understand action for me, Fast and Furious. Comedy for me, Dumb and Dumber. But my favorite movie of all time is Gladiator. Could you be any more basic? Jerry, what's your favorite movie? Nah, I'm here for Paula. Paula. <laughs> I was Paula's allowing favorite. her time to think. And Paula's favorite out. movie is like, uh, give me a second. What would Paula's favorite movie be? It's it's a classic. It's, a, it's like a classic comedy of some sort, right? Depends on how you define classic, but perhaps. So... It's not going to be anything like a Monty Python type thing. Although that would, for some reason, I'm not feeling that. It's going to be... Comedy? We're doing comedy? Airplane. Scott, do you want any hints? you want any more hints? I do. It's got Sandra Bullock in it. Uh, The Miss Congeniality. It's the guy, it's it's with Sandra Bullock and uh, what's his face? While you Uh, were sleeping. It is while you were sleeping. Yes, yes. Ah! 
<laughs> it's one of my favorite. That's like my favorite rom com, um, and I I love I just love that movie. I also really like Center Stage. Is the first movie I tend to think of when I get asked my favorite movie. I feel bad saying it because it's a trash movie, but I love it. <laughs> Don't feel bad about trash movies. It's just like so bad, but also so good. You know, uh, yeah. Is Center Stage the one with like? Ball like dancing. Mm-hmm. They're ballerinas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I remember that movie. Yeah. My mother liked that it's movie. Terrible. Yeah, the that's... acting's bad because they're dancers. They don't. They got real dancers, so the dancing's amazing. But the acting's terrible. Um, <laughs> but I love it. Jerry, what's your favorite movie? You know, I don't think you've said. I've said that numerous times, and you keep you keep forgetting. Oh, oh, it's uh 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> The Johnny Depp version. I like seeing. I like seeing the little kids die horrific deaths. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh, oh, and you called you called mine cliche. Oh, can you be any more hipster than I love Blade Runner? It's the greatest sci-fi movie. It is super hipster. Lawson would agree with me. He thinks it's pretty good. Yeah, the cinematography, especially. It's amazing. Who did the cinematography on that? Who do you think Roger Deakins did the newest one? The newest one, but your favorite is not the newest one. Scott Ripley Scott. The newest movie is beautiful and also boring. (laughs) Blade Runner 2049 put me to sleep. Thank you. No cars in it driving fast. And if he had put Nas in his little flying car. I fell asleep during Gladiator. I'm sorry. <gasps> yes. Well, Paula, thanks for coming on. It's been a great show. <laughs> we have, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. They're making a part two of the Gladiator, which is quite puzzling because he's dead. How's the Russell Crowe going to pull that off with his what dad? Gonna do? Maybe someone else is going to. Maybe it's gonna, a Zack Snyder event where the hashtag the Snyder cut and he's a zombie now. He comes back. <sighs> They take his spirit and they possess someone else with it, maybe. The Maximus spirit. 84, yeah. Yeah, Gladiator 84 is what they Yes. <laughs> okay, Paula. Of the top five, we're down to number two. A board game. Now, this is kind of a cliche one, but you've maybe thought about this. A board game you would like to see made into a movie. I feel like the other day I thought of something for this and then I, the thought exited my brain. <laughs> Exit. And uh, cannot, cannot, you know, is not, mm-hmm. is not there. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about this. I don't know that it, speaking of Blade Runner, I just played Chronicles of Crime 2400 and it has a very Blade Runner vibe to it. So I guess maybe it's kind of like Blade Runner again, but that could, I mean, anything narrative like that, but that could absolutely make a good movie, I think. But that's just kind of like Blade Runner. So I feel like it's a bad answer, but I really liked, this is just an excuse to talk about Chronicles of Crime 2400 because I've played the other Chronicles of Crime and I really liked 2400. Like this is the one that I'm like, I think I'll play more of this one. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you not like the uh, the previous ones? I like them. Have you played Detective, the modern crime one? Yes. I, I, I really like that one because it, 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 it seems like it emulates what real police work would be like. Well, time management and boring. That's the part that's time management and boring. The time in, um, I don't understand why the day has to end at four o'clock. 
Because you're a cop, you got to get home to the kids. Because basically, like, this if you is not enough time, the, it, the, literally the track is: if you keep working overtime, your wife divorces you. Like that's how I feel. Like that's what it's supposed to be. It's like you can't keep working overtime. You have to show up and decide what are you going to do, and it takes you three hours to do something. So yeah. it's it's very time that 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 that's very thematic to me. And plus, yes. it doesn't give you any right answers. It's like you have to figure yeah. it out on your own. There is no cell phone QR code that you're clicking and saying, oh, you've done, you've done good. Mm-hmm. But I've been interested in that that version of the Chronicles of Crime. I did not like the original. We did the original and the uh, Stranger Things version, and mm. they were just... We didn't feel the game. It was just like, take a picture here, take a picture there, take a picture yeah. here, but... Um, this one though, like you're actually, you have like cybernetic implants you can get along in the game. And if you activate them, they might show you like more things at the crime scene or, um, you can use them. Like I used one to like disable a tracking device, which allowed a person like this person wouldn't talk to me. And then I realized if I use my cybernetic implant to disable the tracking device that's on them, they'll calm down and then they'll talk to me. Like there was puzzle solving in that way where I actively used things the game had given me to, interact with things to like get things to interact with me in a way that has felt different from 1900 I've played 1900 and the and the regular chronicles of crime and it felt different from that in a way that I personally found really engaging and I also think the character art is really interesting and just the story like the crime itself to me was more interesting because it was more like you're investigating a conspiracy as opposed to like I don't know someone who's dead just dead so I, from my personal taste, I found it really engaging and, and interesting. Number one is your favorite thing you're enjoying right now, and that can be anything. Anything. Physical activity, entertainment, food, anything. You know what I've really gotten into over the pandemic? This is Matthew Jude's fault as well. We're just going to bring him back up again. Um, K-pop. I have been introduced to K-pop and because of Matthew Jude, and I love it. I got really obsessed with this girl group called Twice. Uh, and I even like found the uh, old, they were created through like a reality TV show. And I found online the reality TV show with the English subtitle so I could watch it. <laughs> and then I got from there really into BTS. Uh, and BTS whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. BTS. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and so both of those. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not like super into the other K-pop groups, but I've learned a lot about how K-pop works and they go through these training programs and they live in dorms together and it's bizarre and probably terrible for the people involved. Um, but I've just gotten like really into the like the pop music and the <laughs> dancing is so good. And it's just like an escape from terribleness. Mm-hmm. I'm super into it right now. So this looks, this looks awful. But I, at the same time, I can't. I, I'm not. I, I've heard of it. I've not watched any type of K-pop. But I was doing the same thing when I was talking bad about, um, was it anime and what's the other thing that's not anime? Uh, like manga. Shoot. Yeah, all that stuff. I was making fun of that until somebody got me watching that uh, Cowboy Bebop stuff. And that somebody. Like, oh, I appreciate this somebody. Yeah, it's so good. I, Jerry I, never gives me any. I'm the one that told you about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I don't know what you know. You told me about uh, you told me about the other one I haven't watched. The little kid show. The Avatar. 
Avatar Last Airbender, yes. Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the best television shows that has ever been made. Adult or kid, it is yes. not a kid show. It is just an, it is so good. You will not regret watching it. All right, well, I'm, I'm... And they're doing a live action of both Avatar Last Airbender and Cowboy Bebop. Right. All to be on Netflix. On Cowboy Bebop. Really? Doing visual effects for it. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, my God. Uh, I, and I, that's that the so one that cool. really I'm excited about because Cowboy Bebop does have that Blade Runner feel. It feels like they yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. turned the hipster up to 11 a little bit, which yeah. I'm not a hipster, but I appreciate watching You are hipsters. so a hipster. That's Don't why I like Matthew try. Jude. He is such a hipster. Right. Yeah. That, uh, uh, Don't tell him that. Did you say that to his face? No. Good. But you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, see, see, that's why I'm, I get jealous. Of, like working on freaking Cowboy Bebop, and just and I'm driving rocks from one place to another. Like it's just the life is so different over there. But at least when you're done driving rocks, you get home, and I bet you can like not think about the rocks. I don't think about the rocks while I'm driving. See, them. there's a there's a luxury <laughs> in that. He watches Cowboy Bebop while he's hauling the rocks. I I set my phone on my dash, and I just (laughs) listen to Cowboy Bebop as I'm driving down the road. But I I drive 8 to 12 hours a day, so I'm just like, I I do play Netflix things, or I'll I'll just play them and drive, or I'll just listen to podcast after podcast after podcast. Along those lines, Ms. Dimming. Do you feel any pressure, like, to be, like, you? I feel like you, in the, especially in the last year, your uh, brand, quote unquote, oh, yeah. that's a term you may or may not like, <laughs> but your brand has a, a kind of, it's on the rise, you're in a lot more places. Do you feel pressure to, like, be on all the time or someone else coming up behind you, come shoot, you know, do the fastest gun, the West type thing? <laughs> I don't feel pressure in terms of like someone new coming in and doing comedy. I, I, I'm not worried about that. I do feel pressure to like stay relevant. I think to, to constantly be putting something out there, um, which isn't always great. Like, honestly, uh, I'll probably take a little break at the start of next year, like I I'm burned out, frankly, I'm burned out on making things. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just like this podcast in particular, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, like, it's been an hour, 45 minutes. We're good to go. (laughs) Coming up with creative ideas and figuring out how to execute them, uh, can take a lot of energy and I really do need like breaks from it. Um, And with the pandemic and being home all the time and working from home, it's been harder to take breaks because I'm working from home and I'm always home. So I'm always at work. So I really like fight against this idea that like it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm not asleep yet. I should still be working. And that's like bad. Um, So I think probably at the start of the year next year, I'm going to take like a couple months. Assuming everything goes well the world, the world doesn't explode right i will be um <laughs> armageddon doing, may or may not come right i'll be doing some conventions at the start of the year and so i'm like i think it'll be good to like be like i'm gonna take a couple months off of posting anything things get dicey i'm gonna do these conventions i'm gonna come back and then i'm gonna make new videos but i worry like if i take three months off of posting something on youtube you're forgotten yeah well people still want to watch the video when i make it again and um 
it's hard to trust that they will. I think ultimately they will. The people who really liked it will. Not everyone probably will care because, yeah, people kind of move on. But you also can't really, if you chase that too much, you'll just run yourself into the ground. Um, but I do, that is, it is stuff I think about. But I also know I, I have to, like we were talking earlier about like saying no, saying no to things. Like I have to do that sometimes to have room or the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to do any of the things that I'm doing well. Um, and sometimes that means not doing something or taking some time off. Um, but I do worry. Yeah, I do worry about, I guess, losing relevancy or people caring or because you say like, oh, you're well known or whatever. And I'm well known to some people, but like in the vast scheme of YouTube, Mm-hmm. Um, like the number of subscribers I have isn't that big. And like I was at Gen Con and there were people who recognized me at Gen Con and that's really cool. But the vast majority of people there didn't that, or if they did, they didn't say anything to me about it. So of all the people who play games, how many of them are really on YouTube watching, watching things. So I don't even know where I'm going now. I guess it's just feeling like I'm not, I don't know. I'm rambling about my own insignificance, I think, is what I'm, is actually what I'm doing. I'm basically being Matthew. That's what we, (laughs) (laughs) this is, you know, here's what we should do. We should have a roast of Matthew Jude. That's what you should start. You could have, because listen, listen, so we get you, me, Gabby, we can just have our our, our board game comedy roast. We invite a so-called media person on and we just roast them. We could start with Matthew Jude, and then we just work our way. Roast are so lowbrow, Jerry. Come on. Listen, we're, we need to roast people, and I think that would work out. But they'd have to like sign a contractual agreement that, that you know they're all right with us going low and being vicious. Yeah. So uh, we don't want to take up much more of your time, but uh, is, uh, quick question. Is your favorite game still Modern Art? It is. Yeah, mm. I love it. Okay, I do. That that, we, there, uh, I felt like there was some judgment in that. Uh, no, okay. no judgment. It's in our top okay. ten. Both of our top I tens. I love it. Um, I, I, yeah. I probably lean a little more towards high society just because of the. Mm. It's like, to me, it's like modern art, but just super streamlined. Mm. But not really. See, I like role playing the. I make people like role play it with me. Mm-hmm. So we're like here at the New York <laughs> Museum. We are putting up for auction this view. We like m- m- describe the paintings. Like mm. I make everyone get really into it. I turn it basically into D and D. I get that. Uh, so yeah. How do you feel about Lords of Vegas? I've never played Lords of Vegas. Oh, you need to play Lords of Vegas. You need to try that one out. Uh, it's how there is some. Is there not? There's, is there no auction in that, Jerry? No, there's, there's no auction. Gambling. It's the gambling. There's gambling, uh, and there is negotiation. But no, I guess that's not an auction game. But anyway, Lords uh, of Waterdeep. I have no desire <laughs> to ever play again. <laughs> no, no. As I was, I was, I was uh, listening to you on sporadically board, just to like, okay, what is this? <laughs> and that? And, did I talk yeah. about that on that? I probably did. Yes, I you did. My, like, that was one of your overrateds. <laughs> that and uh, Terra Mystica. Terra You're Mystica. like, get overrated. out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we tried Gaia Project, and we felt like, are we missing something? 
Like, what's no, the deal? No, it's not great. Look, I don't normally say <laughs> this because it hurts people's feelings, and I don't like getting emails from people after I've been on a podcast being like, "Why'd you hate my game?" <laughs> it, you're not missing anything. It's not fun. <laughs> it's way over, it's it's way complicated for what you get out of it. Uh, my favorite uh, kind of hymns and halls, and we're we're supposedly doing our top twenty five soon, and we've been saying that for the last six months. But uh, uh, Lords of Vegas is man, it's coming to the top. Even though the last time we played it was before the pandemic, and Yokohama, like I just love those two. Uh, Yokohama based mostly on a board game arena, playing that a bunch on there. But uh, digital anyway. board games that's a great way to uh, I play so many digital board games it's a great way to experience games that you wouldn't like i've only played red cathedral on tabletopia and i love that game i've never played it in real life mm-hmm. but it's great it's a great game I, I yeah i like the board game i like the board game arena stuff because it's like point and click you don't have to like drag stuff and then push your arrow key and all that type of stuff but Gabby's fingers are too fat for that <laughs> mouse the dexterity is, he's got is the row minus, starting no the he's row, got minus five it's always dexterity. on paula he's got the it's always on fingers he's got sausage fingers but if you don't already know how to play the game on board game arena Sometimes it can be confusing because it That's automates true. too much for you sometimes. You're like, I don't know why that just happened. Um, but it, it, it can be really nice uh, because it does take care of all that admin. So We're in a uh, – so far, Jer- it's been Jerry's turn with uh, Yanni from Me to Peloton on the game of Lost Ruins of Arnak. And Jerry, it's been Jerry's turn for like two months now. I'm not and doing he, it. He, he doesn't know do what it. to do. Yanni, Yon- no, I don't know how to play Arnak. I don't want to play Arnak. But you I, accepted the request. I, so why would well, you accept it? Because he shamed me. Yanni shamed me. <laughs> I won't be shamed again. I don't okay. want to leave the game, but I, I may I may make a move here soon. You never know. I might bust a move, but I need to learn the game first. You might move it, move it. There's a simple video to watch. Uh, Ms. Dimming, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Mr. Um, board Game Snob 1. <laughs> Mr. Board Game Snob 2. <laughs> That's how we're best known. 1 and 2. Jerry's this was, number 2. This went better than, than uh, Matthew Jude's episode. I'm just saying. I hope he doesn't listen to this. He's going to feel awful. Matthew Jude, if you're listening, you're my best friend and I love you. I'm trying to get us canceled with yeah. all my hardcore, edgy comedy. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I hope that I don't rile up anyone in your listener base from talking about (laughs) like the the, my the thing that comes in front of my name, whatever that is, Ms. What is the preference? You know, uh, what is uh, you know that you know. I I didn't want anyone to know what my marital status was. That's not (laughs) fair to women. You know, I hope my uh, my feminism doesn't doesn't turn any grognards away from your listener base. I, I do like the fact that you use the term actor instead of actress because that's a pet peeve of mine. Because they're all actors. Like this whole, I don't, I hate the, I don't know how I feel about that, but whenever there's a thing where they go. You said oh, you this, hate it. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, it's actress? Wait, aren't you an actor? Yeah, well, you're an actor, aren't you? Why you're do an we actor, have to but fit? the girl version. <laughs> so it's not as good. Welcome, lady actor Paula Deming to the podcast. <laughs> when I went, well, we're never going to end because I'm going to, we're going to keep going on tangents here. But um, when I went to the Grand Canyon, I it, I cracked up so much because uh, the 
architect who designed a lot of the buildings in like the 30s that are there at the Grand Canyon was a woman whose name is escaping me right now. But our tour guide on one of these little tours of them kept saying, lady architect, married, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, she's just a freaking architect. Lady architect. So thank you for having me on. We've enjoyed it. Uh, Thanks for talking. Nerding out with me about like acting. That was a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I would nerd out on Doctor Who and all the stuff that <gasps> you enjoy. About Doctor Who too. Yes. We didn't look. Talk Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Internet. Who's your favorite? Oh, favorite my doctor, doctor is David Tennant. Are you, you to Jody yet? No, I'm your... Peter Capaldi, and I love Capaldi. So he's given David Tennant a race for his money. Peter Capaldi. I started off not liking his yeah. portrayal because he was just an angry old man. He was just a grumpy. But, but by the nine, end of it. By the end of it, I was, I'm in for Capaldi. Yeah, I'm about He's halfway a- through series nine right now. So. Okay. Uh, Claire is not my favorite companion in the world, and I made a lot of people on the internet mad about yeah, it. No, <laughs> the best is Amy Pond, in my opinion. I love Donna, and then Donna. Rory. Oh, she was good too. Lori. Rory, yeah. Amy's. Oh, uh, Rory. Amy's Rory, yeah. Amy, I'm Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Amy's great too. Donna made Donna's me cry. Like, oh, her and yes. her and Tien, that those that uh, duo was and Donna got on my nerves when she first come on. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's annoying. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, I freaking love Donna. Yeah. She'd call the she'd call the doctor out on his mess, which he She needs. did. She did. And then she went and sold paper in the office. So, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> okay, we've got to end this show <laughs> right, at some point. Stop. So thank um, you. <laughs> Would you? This is. I'm going to say this is part. Uh, part one of a ten part series of Ms. Deming coming on our show, <laughs> just to seal you in. Next time it'll just be to talk about Doctor Who. After that, we can discuss That's it. Star Trek. We, then we don't have to discuss. As you have seen, we barely discuss board games, <laughs> and quite frankly, we do that just to have something to connect with at some point, but. I'm much better off just discussing Doctor Who and other now, stuff. Now that we got your emails, I will send you all my scripts for any skits that I can with. <laughs> I promise so. I'll read them. I do get them sometimes emailed to me from people, just like blind submissions. And I'm like, I think legally I'm not supposed to open this. It's all right. We could do this. Uh, but uh, thank you for answering my email, first of all. Thank and you then for being patient on scheduling with me. I, I, I completely, like, I'm like, I'm surprised. It's like you're doing videos and streaming and podcasts. I'm like, just thank you. Yeah, you're welcome but, uh, for asking me. And uh, maybe you'll come back on again sometime? Maybe I will. Oh. I say? <laughs> A little open-ended answer there. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> don't seal yourself in. You don't know. Enrique might be back by now. He might be uncanceled. Yeah. I guess that's up to you, Jerry. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. the hellacious rumors are still flying. Until then, Jerry, shut up. Until then, <laughs> I'm Gabby. That's been Jerry. And I'm Paula. Thanks for coming on, Paula. Good <laughs> day. For having me. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 